0: Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today, we're going to talk about the digestive system because the number one reason we see patients in our offices, uh, we a chiropractic team, is pain, of course. Neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain. Number two reason we see patients is digestive system. And a lot of times I talk about the stomach up against the diaphragm and the production of neurotransmitters. But today, we're going to give you a lesson on anatomy and physiology. Now, I have to back up a second. I remember in undergraduate school, I had uh, professors Totora and Anagnostakis as my teachers for anatomy and physiology. They wrote the number one selling book in anatomy and physiology, probably still to this day. And uh, it was called Principles of Anatomy and Physiology. And I remember I missed the first day for some reason. I don't remember what it was. And here I was, 18-year-old kid walking into the class, and they're teaching anatomy and physiology. And I didn't know what the term anatomy or the term physiology meant. And everyone assumed that you did. And that was a problem even uh, when I played football. I remember I was in eighth grade. I started playing football. Everyone assumed that I knew the rules, but I was eight, eighth grade. I didn't know what the rules were. I got a lot of penalties. And what, what's wrong with you, Esposito? You stupid? Well, nobody ever taught me. You got to give me a list. These are rules. You're a lineman. You can't do this. You can do that. And so anyway, back to anatomy and physiology. I sat there for many, many, many weeks. This is way before Google. Um, and I didn't know what the terms anatomy and or physiology meant. And finally I realized what it was, it made sense. So I'm gonna assume that some of you don't know the term anatomy and physiology. Anatomy is where things are. This is my hand, this is my heart, this is my spleen, this is my pancreas. Physiology is how they work. So anatomy is where they are, physiology is how they work. So I always talk about the stomach pushing up against the diaphragm and I'm always thinking, well, of course you know what that is. Well, I'm gonna back up a little bit. And we're gonna talk about uh, causes for abdominal pain. We always say the stomach up against the diaphragm could be more than that. Why what we're doing in our lives affects our digestive system, our anatomy, and our physiology, and then things that we can do to help it, because it could be something more than a stomach up against the diaphragm. And in our offices, we try to diagnose that, but give you some insight to it. So lots of people talk, lots of things can go wrong with the stomach. I mean, think how amazing your digestive system is. I mean, you could be eating things like Dr. Joe's supergreens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source, and they're powder forms of, of prebiotics and probiotics and digestive enzymes. And they get absorbed into the body and they're utilized, and that's just amazing. And then your body is healthy and you're thrilled with it. But how do people live who are eating things like double beef cheeseburgers every day, milkshakes, sugar-free gum? One of my coworkers here, he's a patient of mine, and uh, at first he was real skeptical about going into this this, this realm of natural health, you know? And so little bit by little bit, I won him over. And just yesterday, I think it was, he uh, was, we were talking and he has these headaches. He goes, my feet are better. My numbness is better. I can move my arm. My head is better. But these headaches, is just still there. And I'm going slow with him. And he's got a pack of gum sitting next to him. And I said, well, I said, I've been slow with you because I know you were a little skeptical of actually going into this world. And now he's thrilled that he did, did, did. And he said, I said, the gum has artificial sweetener in it. An artificial sweetener, aspartame, the number one side effect of aspartame is headaches. He said, I thought I was doing something good by chewing a sugar-free gum. And an ironic twist, it's way worse for other reasons. Now, there is gum sweetened with stevia, and I'm not sure if he's ready for that yet. He's, he's, he's just getting into this world now. So I'm going to, I said, at least do sugar gum. I know it. Doesn't that sound horrible? I'm telling you, if you're going to do gum, I'd rather see you eat the sugared gum than the non, than the sugar-free gum. And there's only about one or two brands out there that still even use sugar, by the way. But there is Stevia sweetened gum. But once again, I digress because I do that a lot. But we had to go slow with him and explain things step-by-step step so that he can start to get better. And it brings me back to my point of, it's amazing what you can put in your body and the body still survives. And people eating double beef cheese hamburgers, are, I look at their diets every day. We do diet, nutrition workshops on patients from all over the world. We can do it on the internet if you're not in, in, in our office. And it blows my mind. Went to a party last weekend and I ate a lot of pistachios. Now, I, nuts are good. I would say fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. But I ate a lot of them. They were in the, they were shelled and they were in a bag. And I was like, oh, these are great. I felt really heavy afterwards. I'm not used to eating that much heavy concentrated proteins and fats. But then I looked at other people, what they're eating, and I'm going, wow, that's amazing how you're even alive. And so the digestive system is incredible. It can take double beef cheese hamburgers, break it down, and utilize it as fuel. Now, ultimately, you're going to suffer from that. Everyone does. And I look at what people are eating and drinking or not drinking. Sometimes it's they, they drink nothing but coffee, which is a diuretic, which dehydrates you. How is that digestive system even working? How is it that your brain is even functioning on a a small level? Excuse me, not even on on a level that it should be working. So when people complain about digestive problems, many times they say, oh, my stomach hurts. Well, it could be your stomach, which, by the way, is way over here on the left-hand side right under your ribs. If it's in the middle, it could be the duodenum. It could be the small intestine. It could be the large intestine. So we always say our stomach is this area, and it's not. Your stomach is way up here. And your stomach's about the size of your fist. So think about this. When you eat a a buffet or a Thanksgiving Day meal, you're putting food into this pouch and this pouch just swells up. It's a muscle and it can expand. And think about how much food you threw down there and this thing that's the size of your fist is trying to hold it in there. Well, several problems. Number one is volume. Number two is your digestive system breaks down food proteins that break down one way, carbohydrates break down another way, fats break down another way. You're throwing all these multiple different types of food in there. Your stomach doesn't know what to do. Does it pass the carbohydrates and fats on? Does it try to keep the proteins there for a while? And then eventually the food doesn't get digested properly. So one of the damaging things you do to your digestive system is volume. Number two is combination. Combination. Throwing all these different foods together. And I was talking to one of my coworkers who recently had changed his diet, started eating a plant based diet. And he said, when he first went plant based, he was making full meals like, like, you know, meat and potatoes and broccoli and, and, you know, maybe a dessert and some bread, the way most people eat, which by the way is horrible. And he said, I was trying to do that with plant based foods. And then I realized I don't have to do that. Mono meals are a better choice. Now, what the heck's a monomeal? meal meal is less combination of foods, one thing. And your body's much better uh, adapted to break down just one thing at a time instead of trying to decide. Fats, proteins, carbohydrates, breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, a lot of fluids. I don't know what to do here. I'm confused. And it's a lot easier. So I can sit down and have a salad, which is great. And that's really about all you need. You know, we're going to throw some nuts on there maybe, some uh, sunflower seeds, maybe some nutritional yeast. That's even a little combination of foods. But when you take a, pe- a steak, let's say, steak takes about six hours to break down in your stomach and the acids, the, the uh, hydrochloric acid activates pepsin and pepsinogen and pepsinogen then breaks the proteins into amino acids and then it passes into your small intestine. Stomach's here, food digest, passes down into the small intestine. Then we add a potato on top of that. Sounds good, doesn't it? Steak and potato? Good combination there. Nice filet, right? Nice and juicy with the blood running out. And then you add a potato. Well, potato is a carbohydrate. It breaks down very quickly, probably two hours. It's, it's, it should be out of your stomach because the stomach's job isn't to break down carbohydrates. It passes into the small intestine, which is right next to the stomach. It's kind of hooked in. And then the small intestine, the pancreas dumps digestive enzymes to break down the potato. Protease, amylase, and lipase are three enzymes that the pancreas makes to help break down proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So the stomach says, wait a minute, I got this steak in here. And it takes six hours, generally speaking, to break down. And then you throw a potato on there, and that shouldn't sit there for that long. That's got to get out fast. And so the potato sits with the with the steak, and the stomach isn't sure which one to pass on first. And so nothing really gets digested as well as it should. And you have a carbohydrate, a sugar, in a warm acid environment, and it can break down into an alcohol. It can ferment if it sits there long enough. And now we have another problem. We got this alcohol being absorbed into the body. So you got to start thinking about the abuse that you give your digestive system and maybe give it a break every now and then. So we'll talk about a a few things that the stomach does or something that can go wrong. Peptic ulcers. I'm going to talk about what a peptic ulcer is too and how that forms. Acid reflux. If the stomach is spasmed and pushing up into the diaphragm, the stomach can actually rupture through a hole in the diaphragm. And that's called the lower esophageal sphincter, big words. And if you eat too much food, the stomach pushes up into the lower esophageal sphincter, acid refluxes up into the throat. And we talk about that a lot because it's the second most common thing I see in my offices. And the acid can eat away at your esophagus and ultimately lead to things like esophageal cancer. Not good. Uh, I have patients come in about twice a week with a chronic cough. And they say, I just can't bring anything up. It's not like, it's like, I feel like something's caught in there, maybe phlegm or food, but nothing's coming up. That's because the acid irritating your throat. The acid can go all the way up into the sinuses and cause sinus problems. Well, I've been to the doctor. Doctor checked me out. I went to ear, nose, and throat doctor. He checked me out. Everything's fine. Don't know what it is. Put me on an antihistamine. Antihistamine helps bring down swelling, but it doesn't treat the cause. It's treating the symptom. We want to get to the cause. So many times when I have people with chronic sinus problems, it's coming from the stomach. My gosh, isn't that crazy? Uh, The stomach also has a lot of mineral absorption, B12 absorption. The stomach produces something uh, that helps absorb B12 called intrinsic factor. And if your stomach isn't working properly, when the acid is being produced, so is the intrinsic factor. So if you're not producing the right amount of acid, you're not producing intrinsic factor, you can't absorb your B12. B12 is necessary for nerve function. And as a chiropractor, my team of doctors were always looking to make the nervous system work better. Incomplete digestion. The stomach isn't breaking the food down. It passes it into the small intestine. The small intestine can't do the stomach's job. And so now what happens is the small intestine is trying to break down the food. It can't. And these big chunks of undigested food can irritate your small intestine. And when the small intestine gets irritated, you can get inflammation. You can get tears in the small intestine. If you get a tear in the small intestine and these big chunks of undigested food get absorbed into the blood system, it's called leaky gut syndrome. I talked about leaky gut syndrome 30 years ago. Ah, that's no such thing. That's that's insane. That doesn't happen. Well, it does. Now it's, it's standard medical procedures. You may have leaky gut syndrome. So we want to make sure we don't do that. And then you may not feel full. So you may eat more if the stomach isn't working properly and you can gain weight. And I know... I feel, if my, I, my, when my stomach acts up, I want to eat and eat and eat. And I feel my stomach is swollen. It hurts. But my brain is saying I still want to eat. And when I get my doctors to adjust my stomach, pull my stomach down away from the diaphragm, almost instantly my stomach flattens out. I don't feel as bloated. And I feel full. So if you're one of those people that just keeps eating and eating and eating, can't stop eating, chances are the stomach is not getting the message up to the brain. A lot of complex stuff here today. So, Let's cover peptic ulcers. I wanna go through this real quick. Uh, Most people don't understand ulcers. They think that it's caused by too much acid in the stomach. I have too much acid, I take an antacid and it helps my problem. Most ulcers are not caused by too much acid, they're caused by too little acid. And if you don't have enough acid, you have something called H. pylori, it's bacteria. And the H. pylori can then irritate or create an ulcer or lesion in your stomach. And if you have too little acid, the H. pylori can then set up shop. If you have enough acid, the acid kills off the H. pylori. But now we have a quandary. Because if you have this wound, this ulcer in your stomach, and you're ac- you are putting you want to increase your stomach acid, then it can irritate the wound. If I pour vinegar on my skin, it doesn't hurt. If I have a cut and I pour vinegar on it, oh, does it hurt? So I'm going to show you how to get- see if we can get that to heal pretty quickly. So the peptic ulcer is an ulceration of an acid exposed area in either the stomach or the small intestine, what's called the duodenum. And so it can be in either place. The stomach acid itself, like I said, is not the culprit. Stomach acid is is a normal part of digestion. Understanding peptic ulcers is the acid exposed area. That's the key word. Your stomach is lined with mucosa or mucus uh, cells and it can handle the acid. But as soon as the food passes from your stomach into your small intestine, your pancreas produces essentially baking soda and squirts the baking soda into this acid mix to neutralize the acid. If you're dumping, if if your pancreas isn't working properly or your food is being dumped partially digested, it can put a strain on the pancreas. Now the pancreas can't neutralize the stomach acid. It's really weird. Your mouth has spit in it, and spit helps break down carbohydrates. Goes into the stomach, which is extremely acidic. If I were to cut your stomach open and pour the contents onto the carpet that I'm standing on right now, it would burn a hole in the carpet. That's how strong your stomach acid is. And then suddenly this very strong acid goes into this very frail, small intestine, and the body goes, whoa, whoa, dude, this is too much. Then your body produces the, 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 the baking soda, the pancreas does, to neutralize it. So exposing the tissue, if, if you don't, if the bacteria is eating a little lesion in there and you expose it to the acid, that's when it hurts. So the first thing you wanna do is neutralize that acid to make the pain go away. But in an ironic twist, that's the thing that's gonna make the problem worse. So what do we do about it? We're gonna talk about that. Uh, okay, before that, I wanna say, if you wanna come see us as a patient, a lot of you listen to the shows and you'll, you'll send me emails. You'll say, Dr. Joe, you guys sound amazing. How do I become a patient? If you want to come see us in the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We would love to be your doctors. And from a chiropractic standpoint, most people think of chiropractors as neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, car accident cases. Folks, please, if you've ever been in a car accident, please come see us as quickly as possible. If the car was damaged, you were damaged. And every day that you suffer, every day that you have the pain that doesn't go away, you're making the problem worse. And every day, patients come in our offices. I've been meaning to come see you now for blank, two years, five years, 10 years. You've been listening to the shows. You've been going to my website, drjoe.com, watching the videos, reading my books, studying my research. Come see us. Stop suffering. First, I want to meet you and say hi, but I also want to get you out of pain. I want to get your body working more efficiently. So if you want to come see us, go to my website, drjoe.com. It's very simple, D-R-J-O-E. Make an appointment to come see us. You can do it right online. We'll call you to get all the information from you after you make your appointment. And we'll get that set up as soon as possible. But stop suffering needlessly, folks. And people think chiropractic, neck pain, back pain, yeah. But in our offices, we work on a digestive system. We work on diet. We work on nutrition. Uh, we try to get your diet straightened out. Maybe recommend supplements. So we want to get you well, not just out of pain, but actually get the whole body well. So if that's what you want, if you're serious about wanting to get well, go to my website, drjoe.com, set up an appointment right now. So we're talking about the anatomy and physiology of the digestive system. Anatomy is where things are. Physiology is how they work. So the H. pylori, which is a bacteria, uh, what happens is it's somewhat resistant to stomach acid. But if the stomach acid gets too low, the H. pylori then starts to set up shop. It's underneath, it breaks through the mucosa, and it, it causes a problem. Now, the organism thrives and expands in a colony underneath the mucosa, underneath the lining of your stomach, the thing that protects the, uh, the acid. Uh, it causes the lining to inflame if it starts to overgrow. That inflammation causes a thinning and a breakdown of the mucous, mem- uh, mucous membrane, the, the coating of the stomach there. And the lining of the duodenum or the stomach is then exposed to the acid and the pepsin and the pepsin actually starts digesting itself because the mucus protects the stomach from being digested by its own digestive enzymes. H. pylori is always there. We have it. When it starts to have an overgrowth and cause the inflammation is when you have a problem. Now, if we take things like proton pump inhibitors, what that does is it stops your stomach from producing so much stomach acid, and that can be a problem. So even if you don't have a peptic ulcer, if you take these proton pump inhibitors for a long period of time, protons, by the way, are acids. That's why they call proton pump inhibitors. The pumps that make the acid, we shut it down. And so now we have less acid, the bacteria, the H. pylori can kind of set up shop, irritate your colon, your, your, your small intestine, I'm sorry, in your stomach, and that can cause the inflammation. Without a stomach acid, the bacteria start to cause the problems. Now the standard medical treatment for H. pylori is antibiotics to kill the bacteria. It's a good idea. However, those antibiotics are not site-specific. They can go through your whole body. I'm not against drugs. I'm not against surgery. Please understand that. But if there's other ways to fix things without the drugs and surgery, that's what we try to do in our offices. And if we have to, we refer out. We have a list of doctors we refer to on a regular basis, and they refer to us on a regular basis. That's really kind of cool. Patients come in. How'd you get here? Dr. such and such told me. I was at the hospital. One of the techs said, go see Dr. Joe. My surgeon said, go see if you can get chiropractic care first and see if we can prevent you from having the surgery. And if we can't, we could always, you'll be healthier coming back and getting the surgery done. Psychiatrists, psychologists, family therapists, a lot of times they'll send us patients. Doc, if we can get the physical and the chemical part straight, it's gonna help the mental. They get that simple concept. And so it's really wonderful. And so everybody looks like a winner. You go to the doctor who referred you to us, we get good results, go back to the doctor, continue with your treatment or we co-manage the case together. Sometimes you don't need further treatment, Sometimes we have cases we can't treat, we refer them out. So don't think of your doctor, as as any of us, as being the end all be all. There's other options that might work for you as well. Something to consider there. So back to H. pylori, okay? So you're in a quandary, because you take the antibiotics, which kill off the good bacteria, as well as the bad bacteria, and the good bacteria in your colon, on your skin, and now you're more susceptible to other issues, other health issues. And that's a quandary you're in. What do we do about that? Well. Let's talk about it. Two primary causes people have ulcers are nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and social drugs like nicotine, smoking, alcohol, caffeine. The nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories, especially aspirin, the corticosteroids, can irritate the lining of the stomach and cause the ulcers. And it's funny because the, if, you take, if you look at the medication for acid reflux or as, uh, um, ulcers, if you're taking the proton pump inhibitors or the acid reflux medications, it'll say right on there, not for long-term use. But what happens when you stop taking it? Well, the pain comes back. Well, then what do I do? I got to take more medication. I get it. One of my coworkers here who's a patient, headaches. I know I shouldn't be taking all these aspirins. New study out says, oh my God, aspirin could cause bleeding inside the body. He says, I'm surprised I'm not dead for how many aspirin I've taken. And I said, yeah, well, let's get to the cause of your problem. So hopefully you can come off the medication. I don't tell you to come off the medication. I tell you to get well so you don't need it. So let's talk about alternative approach. Digestive enzymes help digest a lot of your meal faster. So if you're having uh, issues with ulcers, you might want to consider digestive enzymes. And we have a great one. It's Dr. Joe's Digestive Enzymes on the website, drjoe.com. And the digestive enzymes will help break down the food faster so it can pass from your stomach into your small intestine faster so that you're not being exposed to so much acid so that the ulcers can heal. So digestive enzymes might be a good choice. If you're taking digestive enzymes, it's going to lessen the amount of time the the food is in the stomach and duodenum and it doesn't raise the acid level so much and that should help the healing. In addition, protease is released with the stomach acid. Protease is a digestive enzyme that breaks down protein. ASE means enzyme and protease, pro protein, it's enzymes that break down protein. So the protease is released with the stomach acid uh, or it's present with the digestive enzymes like Dr. Joe's digestive uh, support and that can help protect the stomach, and then as we raise the pH shortly, it can start killing off the H. pylori. So that might work. If you have a severe existing ulcers, the protease may begin to digest the damaged tissue and make the problem worse. This can cause notice discom- noticeable discomfort for a couple of days. To avoid this, when using digestive enzymes, start out with small amounts, okay? So if you take digestive enzymes and it increases your pain, cut back, maybe half dose. If that still hurts, quarter dose. And then slowly build up. Okay, I did a quarter dose for a couple of days. That was good. Now I can do a half dose. Okay, that's good. And then kind of build it up from there. But the supplements I recommend, digestive enzymes, are on my website, drjoe.com. Also eating more raw food and lowering the amount of protein that you eat. Most of you take in way too much protein. Number one question I get. I'm a vegan. I haven't had any animal products in 34 years. People come to me and say, Dr. Joe, number number one question. God, I just got to print it out and hand them the answer. What do you get your protein? If you're not eating dead animals, where are you getting your protein? Well, where do the animals get their protein? From eating plants. Plant protein is fine. It's easier to digest, less stress on the digestive system. So staying away from those heavy proteins is gonna slow down your production of acid in your stomach so that the body can start to heal. You'll still produce acid and it can start kill off that, that H. pylori. And that would be a good approach. And again, if you take the antibiotics, it does work most cases, however, then you have to start taking probiotics, good bacteria, to reestablish the damaged bacteria that the antibiotic killed off in your colon. 70% of your immune system, sometimes 80%, depending on the study, is in your digestive system. So if you're taking antibiotics, you have to, have to, have to, have to take a good probiotic. And on my website, drjoe.com, we have Dr. Joe's probiotics. More raw food. Raw food has enzymes in it, salads. And we have Dr. Joe's super greens and Dr. Joe's essential source, which are spectacular. They're great sources of it's fruit and vegetables in a powder form, and they're dehydrated. The enzymes are still active, and we add digestive enzymes to it as well. So the minimum amount of nutrients I believe you should be taking is Dr. Joe's supergreens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. If you have acid reflux, you might want to come see us so we can pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm. Many times that helps. If you have an ulcer, we're going to put you on a, a, a easier-to-digest diet and then some digestive enzymes and some probiotics as well. Got to go to a break, folks. If you have any questions, you could always go to my website, drjoe.com. If you want to make an appointment to come see us, we'd love to see you. Drjoe.com in the Atlanta area. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We'll set you up a time to come see us. If you're not in the area, we could always do a consultation over the phone or on Skype if you want to do things like that. But the supplements, the super greens, the essential source, the probiotics, the digestive enzymes, all of those are on my website, drjoe.com. alone, and a bunch of other ones. The adrenal support, most of us need adrenal support to help with inflammation, which is great when you have digestive problems. Uh, nitric oxide increases circulation, so the body heals faster, helps the brain, it helps all the parts of the body. Uh, it's a family show, so I'll, I'll be careful with this, uh, but it'll help you in the romantic department. How about that? In most cases, it opens up your blood vessels. Got to run, folks. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito at website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on the WSB Radio app.